And welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Grace. And I'm Stu. And we're back. Yay. Welcome to Coffee Time Theology Season 3. Whoa, that sounds official. Whoa. Season 3 because it's the third time we've started this podcast. Every time we commit to a timeline in the podcast, something happens and it, it doesn't. Look. Yeah. So we're here again. Mm-hmm. All of you people who have been pestering us because you like listening to our ramblings. Thanks. It's really cool to hear that feedback. We're actually really touched that you missed us. So we're back. And from those conversations, we've also set up an Instagram page. So if you look up Coffee Time Theology on Instagram, you should find us. And we'll be able to, you know, get messages about what people want us to talk about, which is kind of cool. Yeah. If you're on Instagram, look us up, Coffee Time Theology. And uh, I promise nothing in terms of content. Uh, <laughs> or we hope that there will be some, but yeah, yeah. But there's no, there's there's no promises. There's here. no promises. We want to be realistic. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about theology. Okay. Specifically, yep. we're going to talk about what did I call it before? Oh no, radical hospitality. Awesome. Radical. radical. Yeah, radical hospitality. Oh, relentless. No, I it think was it radical. was radical. Okay, call it relentless hospitality. And we're going to talk about the idea of hospitality and a radicalness to hospitality. This comes from a conversation that we were having recently about the church, about followers of Christ, about all of the things that people have tried over like the last 2,000 years. You know, the things that the church has stood for mm-hmm. over a massive period of time. Yeah. And putting that alongside what the church has stood for, this is what we say we stand for, mm-hmm. but this is what we're known for. Yeah. You know, so we've been known for judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been known for hypocrisy. We've been known for scandals. We've been known for exclusivity, you know, all of these things. And the concept of like, what if, or I guess the question is like, what if this time we try to be known for hospitality? What if we've tried, we've tried the exclusive club. We've tried all these other things. What if we gave like radical hospitality a go? Hmm. It's kind of the the thought experiment we're playing with, I guess. Okay. Like, so radical hospitality, I know we've already talked about this, so I'm, it's not really a fair question, but first response, you know, like if you remember when I first, well, just before, what comes to your head when we say like radical hospitality? Well, it's the over, over and above, beyond any expectations is what makes it radical, right? Being hospitable is being friendly and welcoming and making people that cup of tea or coffee and letting people know that they have a safe space. I don't know, maybe the aggressive side of that. Of <laughs> <laughs> I have made you a tea. Here you go. <laughs> Chasing someone with tea. If people don't want a cup of tea, you don't give them a cup of tea. That's true. Consent is, Consent is king. Yep. But making sure that everybody knows that they are welcome and that they yep. are wanted and that this is a safe place for them. And that might look different for different people looking at maybe who currently isn't feeling welcome or maybe who doesn't know that the place is safe and how can we change what is known about us and make it actually true. Building on all of that, there's this idea of like if we step back from it and go, okay, so hospitality, I think it's the art of making someone feel at home, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of in my head think about it. Your head canon. Um, yep. That's my head canon for hospitality. And this idea that 
if I'm in a space where I'm offering hospitably, hospitality, hospitality, being hospitable, offering hospitality, I don't know what I'm trying to say. When I'm in a space of hospitality, my goal is for you to feel as comfortable as if you were at home. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's not quite, that's not quite what it is, right? It's inviting someone to feel at home, mm-hmm. I guess. And so when you're at home, if you have a healthy home, mm-hmm. when you're at home, you are safe to be yourself. Entirely yourself. Entirely yourself. The idea of the professional mask or the kind of things we have to do when we're inhabiting a role, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like if at work you're, you know, you're still yourself, you're still genuinely you. We think that's important everywhere. But you've also just got different hats you wear at different times. With this idea that at home, the hats can come off mm-hmm. and you're just like, actually, this is me. This is me. I don't need a filter here. That's a dangerous statement. But, you know, like this idea that I'm, I'm at home, eh. You know, here I, I can am. relax. I can relax. I can breathe. So if that's the, the concept that we're running with of making people feel at home, then the art of hospitality is helping people feel that they're at home. Yeah. So there's lots of people who have always felt that church is another mask they have to wear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, church isn't a place to be their real self. Church is the place to put forward their best self and maybe – Offer a, offer a view of their life that looks good. Is that idea of Sunday best. Yeah. And I think this is a fascinating thought because I don't think I've been part of a church that has ever consciously talked about church being your Sunday best, mm-hmm. right? We've talked, you've heard with all of the metaphors, all mm-hmm. of the things of like, actually the church isn't the place where perfect people go you know, it's the hospital for broken. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the space where we want to be um, authentically asked to come connect with each other and connect with God. And those are great words. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't think, I don't think I could talk to any church leader, any member of a church eldership or leadership or church pastor or anything where they're like, hey, our goal is exclusivity, mm-hmm. right? We want people to only show up if they're ready to give everything. Like yeah. they're best of everything. If they've had a crappy week, that's this isn't the place for them. No one would ever say that because I don't think anyone believes it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with that still comes this idea of um, people aren't always free to be themselves at church. You know, there's, there's judgment or shame. shame or all of these kind of things that prevent us being our, ourselves. It's like if we don't have the relationships with the people in the room, then we're not going to go there and say, actually, no, I've had a really crappy week and it was hard work to get dressed and out the door this morning and I don't want to talk about it. I just want to sit and have a cup of coffee. Thanks. So we come with this idea of of radical hospitality where we're inviting or challenging ourselves to be radically hospitable in every day, in the normal life stuff, this idea that, hey, I'm here and you're here and my job is to make you feel that you are safe and you are included and that you are home. Mm. You know, you've found a place where you can be yourself. And that's, I'm not talking about doing that at church. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about that being the, what if that was the thing Christians were known for instead of any kind of religious baggage baggage or anything like that what if these people these mm-hmm. like the christians what if the thing is like hey i was hanging out with a christian and i just felt so at peace and safe yeah and free there you know like what if that was the thing we were known for instead of religious baggage wouldn't that be amazing so what does it mean what does it mean so how do we do it i guess is the 
And honestly, I, I don't know. The passage that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this, there's a passage near the beginning of the book of Galatians where Paul talks about an interaction he had with Peter. There were, there were two groups of people, one of them who were the people who had always been a part of religion and brought a lot of that religious baggage into this new Christianity thing, and another group of people who were new to this whole religious life, and they had a whole different set of baggage, but these, these two groups were not at ease with each other, and one group was trying to say that the other group had to follow all of their rules before they could be included. And Paul was new to this community, and he was there to sort of get to know people. And he saw that Peter went and got his food and then he sat down with the group that was all about rules. And he had the thought that Peter actually had authority in this space and him doing that, him sitting down and eating with this group, said that he agreed with them and that the rules were what was important and that actually this other group of people were excluded and shouldn't be there. And so he hit Peter up about that in front of everybody. He said, hey. Actually, Peter, in the kingdom of God, everybody needs a safe space. And these new people are to be included as well. And your actions have made this space unsafe for them. So you need to walk it back and you need to pull it in. Mm. And it's just a fascinating little interaction that the interaction itself isn't recorded anywhere. It's just this, this note of Peter in the letter to Galatians saying, this thing happened. Paul. Paul in the letter. Paul in the letter to Galatians yeah. saying, like, oh, <laughs> like, hey, this thing happened. Yeah. And it was it was relevant to them because this question of do these new people have to fit in with the old rules hadn't been settled yet. It was still a question. And then through the rest of the New Testament writings, we see actually this new group of believers is fully embraced and fully included and everybody is told, actually, no, they don't have to obey those old rules. There is a necessity in life and in faith to deal with people who think differently to us, people who come at things from a whole different point of view. Yep. And it's so easy to say, no, you're wrong, and I don't want to deal with that. I don't want you in my space, and to close off. Mm. But in this little snippet, we have all aggressively defending the right of the other to be a part of it, to be a part of our faith. And so... That, that there is a little snippet of, I, I think, quite radical hospitality mm-hmm. to say, actually, no, we will be hospitable not only to the people that we're comfortable with, but also to the people that are unknown to us mm. and also to the people that we might not be comfortable with yet. We're going to be hospitable anyway. We're going to love them anyway, and we're going to get to know them and make sure everybody is part of what home feels like. Alongside radical hospitality, mm-hmm. we have to hold the tension of self-care. Okay. Right? Yep. So, you know, what? what? Uh? There are people who you would not invite into your home, mm. right? Yep. Uh, there are people that for your own safety, for the well-being of you, your family, maybe you just don't have enough spoons to deal with it right now, all of these things. Yeah. So actually, I need to not invite you into my home for my own safety and well-being. And the safety and well-being of the others around us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that becomes an excuse to not practice radical hospitality, which Mm -hmm. is where the tension comes in. Because self-care, you know, boundaries, having the ability to be safe in your own home is stupidly important. Yeah. You know, and it's that tension alongside what I think Jesus calls us to do of loving our neighbor to the 
detriment of self sometimes. Yeah. It's a fascinating space. How do we practice this idea of radical hospitality? And how do we also practice the idea of boundaries and looking after ourselves and not putting ourselves at risk for someone else? You know, like there's so many stories of people who have put their own well-being on the line in a way that moved from a life of sacrifice to a life of martyrdom to a life of actually I'm not living in the fullness that God wants for me now because I've put everything else first. Like it's taking that step too far from actually like, you know, I'd lay down a life for my friend, sure, but taking it to that point of like, oh, now none of us, like there's no one here who's living in the fullness God intended Mm. of us. That's That's not what we're called to either. Yeah. And so this idea of radical hospitality Mm -hmm. is actually like not a silver bullet easy thing. You know, it's like, okay, well, we just do this. Because obviously it's hard to be radically hospitable. Mm -hmm. Go hang out with a family member who has different politics to you around election time. Yep. Yep. Uh Um, Radical hospitality is like, oh, cool. I don't know if I want you in my house. You know, like even if we're not at home, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Is this you without boundaries? Like have have you taken your, your masks off? Is this that? If so. Or if you haven't yet taken off your mask and your stuff, and this is what I'm seeing, what's underneath that? You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a terrifying kind of element there. Radical hospitality is really tricky. Radical hospitality without destroying your own sense of safety is really, really, really hard. Someone reminded me the other day that, yes, Jesus taught and ministered to crowds. And he did so sometimes when he didn't want to. But there are other times where he saw saw the crowd coming and went the opposite direction. Yep. And he he knew that that was not what he had in him for today. Mm. And we can presume that he was familiar enough with himself to say, I need to teach from a good place. So even if today I didn't plan on teaching this crowd of people, I do have it in me to teach them. Versus I wasn't planning on teaching a crowd of people today and I don't have it in me. So I'm going to run away. Yeah. Not, well, not run away. But. Well, yeah, go prioritize. Like, actually, for me to be safe and well in here, I might need a break first. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that finding that space of saying, for, for me to be able to be radically hospitable the rest of the time, what do I need in my quiet time? How much quiet time do I need? And how can I refresh myself so that I can be that open person, the person who's willing to engage with the other and help them feel safe? And alongside all of that complexity that sits in this idea, when we look at Jesus again, there are times where radical hospitality meant for him flipping tables so a place would be safe again, right? Uh And so, you know, in that moment of like, oh, this is a safe, holy place. This is a temple that's been turned into money lenders. And, you know, it's a very specific Mm -hmm. story. I'm talking about flipping tables. Uh, This idea that for that space to be, a space for people to be safe. There was a moment where it was a space for people who were currently safe to no longer be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at yep. this point, radical hospitality is making you know that the bad behavior isn't welcome. Mm-hmm. And we have to flip some tables to okay. get this to a place where this can be a bit of radical hospitality. Yeah. And we need to hold people accountable. That's that same story with Peter and Paul, right? It's the, I need to hold you accountable for actually pandering to the comfort of the already comfortable group. They're allowed to be uncomfortable in order to make this a safer space for more people. Yeah. Sometimes people might need to move through discomfort mm. to be able to be hospitable. Yep. Sometimes we ourselves might need to move through that discomfort of unknown, of not knowing what people are going to say or going to think, to be able 
to get to know them to be able to then let them know that this is a safe place to be. Sometimes for me to be radically hospitable, first someone has had to flip the tables I set up to show me that I was being not. Yep. Yeah. There's We don't have a, um, a nice uh, checklist, right? There's not like a nice framework for this is when I have to be angry to be, you know, like hospitable. <laughs> and this is when I have to, oh, under this circumstances, I can put aside the boundaries because I need to be a hospitable person and I have to put aside myself. And in this situation, like there isn't a nice framework. It's all about knowing self and knowing God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the challenge of radical hospitality is that it's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. There shouldn't actually be a bit where something that should be difficult to offer hospitality isn't. You know, there's there's this element of like there are some things that are, oh, this will be this will be a sacrifice. This will be hard. And I think when we move into the the space of if we're offering comfortable hospitality, it's not radical anymore. Mm. You know, if we're offering hospitality that's easy and it's just what we do and there's no thought and there's no tension and there's no wrestling, then it's it's not radical hospitality anymore. Mm. It's just what we do. Yeah. And so I come back to that earlier question of like, what would it be like Mm. for Christians to be known for their radical hospitality, not their hypocrisy? not their structures, not their whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's some thoughts. As always, we don't have any answers for you, only yeah. more questions, but that's the joy of getting to wrestle with theology. Yeah. What would a theology of radical hospitality look like in your life, in your church community, in your space? We don't know. What others are around you that could benefit from sitting at the feet of Jesus? How can we offer that space to them? And how can we offer the space where people feel safe enough to consider what it might be to sit at the feet of Jesus, Mm. right? Because there's that in-between that I think that we lose sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's the person who just needs someone to sit with because something awful's happened to them. They don't need me right now to be like, hey, we're going to go sit at the foot of the cross that you don't know to talk to a guy you've never met, who you've never seen, who you've never heard their story. You know, it's like you might just need a space to sit and cry and for someone to give you a cup of tea. There's some thoughts for this first episode of season three. Thanks for joining us. We encourage you to, to ponder that question. What does radical hospitality look like in my space? Mm. And until next time, take a deep breath. Drink some more water. Know that you are loved. And have a great day. Bye. Bye. didn't and the noise get off you, you told me not to hmm? you said no i'll just and then moved around i think the noise gate should be on i make too many weird noises yeah and then i have to edit them all out yeah yeah it just means getting used to using different things yeah enunciating enunciate